What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today today I'm fired up, guys. We're going to get to sit down, and we're going to talk with Claire Kaufman Quibido. And, of course, Claire, I say the, the easy one hard and the hard one easy on that one. <laughs> um, we're going to get into some discussions about leadership and staff building, and, of course, uh, selfishly, as a, as a hoops guy, I got to get into talking hoops with Claire as well. So, Claire, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. So, humbled and honored. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, listen, before we get too far into this, let, you know, let's let everybody here know, you know, who is Claire and how'd you get up to Columbus? Yeah, so I went to undergrad at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. I ran, I ran a track there. Um, and for a, like a lot of programs uh, back then, we had to do a, a internship to finish up our degree. And because I was a D3 athlete, I wanted to go as big as I possibly could um, just to kind of get a variety and, and a feel for this field that is strength and conditioning. Um, and so uh, Tennessee was was the place to be for me, uh, especially because the athletic departments were split. It was a female-only athletic department. And then obviously um, Pat Summit was still coaching there. And so I did some research on the staff. and. Uh, that I knew that was the place that I wanted to learn from. And especially after interviewing with them, um, there was no other spot for me uh, other than Tennessee. After uh, my internship, I took a part-time position, University uh, of Hartford in Connecticut. And I was only there for nine months, um, but great experience. Uh, Dave Hauser, Ryan Carr, wealth of knowledge, some of my best friends in the field still. Um, and after that, I went back to grad school at Tennessee because I just didn't feel like I was done learning from that staff and um, and those athletes and did my two years there, then went up to Temple University in Philadelphia. Uh, and then I went all the way down to um, Southeastern University in Hammond, Louisiana, uh, and figured that's where I was going to be for the next 10, 15 years. Um, my husband was at Tulane University uh, doing his thing, and uh, I was the director at Southeastern. Uh, and then Heather called and said that she was uh, going to Ohio State, and if I come with her, and kind of a non-conversation that you have, <laughs> that you just you go um, when you when your mentor asks you 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 go. And um, hearing her and Coach Marotti's vision for what they wanted to accomplish and build uh, at Ohio State. Um, just not something I could turn down. Yeah, Heather's good people. And Heather, if you're listening, you owe me a phone call. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that like what's really neat in that voyage, right, is it's 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 sort of more along the traditional route, right? But right. you just happened to move into a position where you started learning and working under one of the i mean the, the overall trailblazers of the field like men's and women's side aside you know heather was one of the first and you could still argue one of the most successful women's basketball strength coaches that have ever been around right she built the entire lady vols strength program which we could get into the whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, that they separated that 
but that's probably more of a not on the internet beers on the table conversation. <laughs> um, There's but, a lot there. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, one thing that I, I definitely know about Heather is like, she's great with developing people and, and bringing together like great staffs and great groups of people to work with, you know, and, and understanding like the leadership intangibles that she brings and, her vision has got to be something that's been great to learn behind. Yeah, I think it's it's taking well every and everybody um, that I've worked with and worked for, um, they were always very intentional intentional about developing people and developing their staff. So I I am extremely fortunate that uh, every person that I've worked with has poured into me just as much as I wanted to learn and, and pour into them as well and give back. Um, and that even goes with uh, the gentleman that I GA'd with, now uh, Tyler Carpenter, who's now back at Ohio State. Um, and really, like I said, being purposeful with what you're teaching, but also what you're what you're learning. And it's not always one of the biggest things I have learned is it's not always what you want to learn; it's what you need to learn. And that's what I feel like we work to instill in the staff here is that you have to learn the other intangibles of what it means to be on a staff and at a university and at a large university. Um, there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly that goes along with that uh, as well. And so instilling in them of like, yes, you, you, we're going to talk about X's and O's and we're going to really develop that really well because we do want to be one of the best strength and conditioning staff um, in the country. Uh, along with being at the forefront of of sports science, um, but there's a business side to this as well. Uh, and and Ohio State, it, it very much is a very large business. Um, and so our staff, we we all work together really really hard so that they understand those pieces as well. Um, and not just you're on the floor, you're going to train your teams, and then you're out. Um, we want to be intentional on their development um, and their ability to then if they ever move on to be an associate or, or a director somewhere that they're really set up for success, but also that they understand why they need to do certain things a certain way. Yeah. And moving through and being the director now, how are these things that you've learned being passed down to the next generation of coaches? Yeah, I, I'm going to tell a quick story because it, it kind of smacked me in the face, and which is what we need sometimes, was um, Kelly Powers used to put on a um, women's clinic at, in, at Cincinnati when she was there. And I remember when I first got to Ohio State, Heather spoke and Corliss spoke, um, and we were doing kind of like a roundtable in different groups. And I was sitting around with a couple other coaches that I'd known for a couple of years and then um, some interns, some GAs that were all at the table. They tried to mix it up with, you know, levels of experience. And uh, the moderator asked the question and they're like, you know, Claire, why don't you, why don't you go first? Since at this table, you've been in the field the longest. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm still 25. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, wait, I'm not, I'm not anymore. Uh, it is, it is, it is my turn um, to kind of step into that leadership role. I mean, we're always still always learning, 
Um, but that was a, a wake up call for me to say, Hey man, it's time. Like you need to really start being intentional and paying it forward to kind of this next generation. Um, because you're not the, you're not the young buck anymore. Uh, I'm not old, but uh, I'm not the young buck anymore. So, um, that, that was a big deal to me to say, okay, you need to start, you need to start really putting time and effort into, uh, reaching out and staying in contact with people and, um, maybe speaking more and just kind of taking the reins, um, of kind of this next generation of, um, you know, people that have been in the field for, you know, 10 plus years. So, uh, with Ohio State, what we've really focused on is being able to create um, upward mobility within our staff and, and kind of working on developing a system so that people can develop through our system. They don't necessarily need to go out, go somewhere else to get that next position. Um, they can stay here and continue to develop with our staff. Now, someone needs to move on and they need to, they need to go somewhere else for that experience. We are nothing but happy for them and, and wish them nothing but the best. But if we have great coaches, we kind of see it as our retention plan um, of, you know, you start off as an assistant and you're going to take care of your teams. And here we're very fortunate where no one really has more than four. So we can really invest at a high level for each and every sport that we have. Um, we know that football keeps the lights on, but we want all of our sports and all of our student athletes to get that same level of investment and care and time uh, from their strength coaches and, and consistency from their strength coaches that, you know, people do are able to see with maybe a football and basketball um, so that they, again, no one feels like uh, second. Uh, we want everyone to feel like that they're that strength coach's first priority. And it's very, very important to us. Um, and then secondly, as you know, then as you move up, if you become, you know, associate or assistant director, you get a little bit more responsibility. And so it's kind of this, yes, you're going to get promoted, but you're also learning more and you're also getting more responsibility. So it's not just a title change. Um, there will be money attached to it. And, that way people feel like they're continuing to develop and, and move up. Um, and the way we kind of break it down is people place and paper. And so with, as you move up and as you gain more responsibility, people would be, you know, maybe have oversight of a sport or, or another assistant, another staff member um, place would be maybe have oversight of a facility, the um, satellite facility, something like that, or you just take a bigger role as a facility supervisor, along with the director of that facility as well. Um, and then the last would be paper, which would be some sort of budget money um, management uh, to make sure that we're staying fiscally responsible. And, and that could look a lot of different ways, but that's really <clears throat> how we break it down. And then with uh, sports science continuing to develop and grow and, and we're really taking um, putting a big emphasis on that right right now to continue to develop that department in particular. We started using um, some of our strength coaches that had a passion and, a, and an interest and a knowledge base within some of the sport science avenues. Um, 
that they became then hybrids. So they would take ownership of, of some sort of, whether it's velocity-based technology, uh, force plates, uh, movement screen, you know, whatever it is. Um, if they had a passion for it, they had a knowledge base on it that they would then assist and educate the staff. Um, so then, and, and along with their, their strength conditioning responsibilities. Um, but like I said, we, we want to make sure that our staff feels not only that they're valued, but that they are growing and they're, they're able to kind of improve and, and move forward in their career and they don't feel kind of stagnant. Being able to grow internally, I think is really like one of the most important things in an area that so many departments because of lack of size um just aren't able to do unfortunately right because if you have the ability to progress within then there's always motivation to continue to grow whereas in some situations you're almost being led to have to leave or become stagnant. Right. Coming from a guy who's been in the same job for almost 20 years. So take that for what it's worth, kids. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it also goes into then how important like that, that hiring process is and your ability to evaluate, you know, if someone does move on, um, that hiring process has become so important in that you are hiring the right fit. And, and I think this has been said over and over again, that interviews should be 50, 50. It has to be a good fit for that person, but it also has to be a good fit for that university, that staff and those student athletes. And so really taking time to evaluate your staff and even getting down to you know, who are they sharing an office with? What does that office need? What is the office dynamic? What's the staff dynamic? Um, what's the culture of that team? And how will that person fit? What do the coaches need for those teams if you're hiring for a specific sport? Um, but a, a lot of the times, honestly, especially early on, we weren't really looking for specific strength coaches for specific sports. It was best fit for what we needed as a as a staff. And then we felt, you know, really comfortable with the amount of experience already on staff. Some people that have been at Ohio State for, you know, 25, 10 to 25 years, we felt really good about, we can teach you the sport. We can teach you these things. Um, but there are certain things that we all understand that you, you can't teach necessarily. And, and, um, and we really were looking for people that embodied uh, our culture playbook and what we were looking for for our staff. So then once you've identified those people um, and you put them in positions, it gets down to the X's and O's. So let's start running around with a, you know, with a little bit of that. I mean, we talked a little earlier about how crazy the summer is and how just, I don't know what the term is. I guess we could keep calling it different or unique or whatever. <laughs> uh, batshit crazy is what always pops in my mind with when I start thinking about what these last 12 weeks have been like. But um, let's talk about this. Let's talk a little X's and O's. Let's talk about training 
basketball players. Let's talk about prepping for the fun fake season that a lot of people are getting to have right now when they're going into these foreign trips. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely changed a lot of our summer training. Uh, Cause like what you and I talked about earlier was that I kind of had a, a rotating door with some of uh, our athletes going and playing USA basketball and, and um, for other countries. And so we never had our full roster. Um, really ever and the, the entire eight weeks that we were on campus or have been on campus um, and our international athletes didn't come back until end of July. And so um, we really started off with about 10 players, which is still, a, you know, a great chunk of our group. Um, but it is, it is more challenging to create that kind of team environment. Um, especially Again, like we talked about earlier, is you have these transfers coming in and you want them to acclimate to the team, you want them to acclimate to the culture. And it's a lot more difficult to do when you don't have kind of the whole team, the whole family there to kind of help um, encourage and help teach and, and educate on what that culture is and, and what the coaches are looking for. And this is, you know, this is how we do things, but this is how you fit. Um, and same thing with these transfers, like, a lot of them, they're in their fourth year, they're in their fifth year. And so they have knowledge, they have experience, and they have um, a decent amount of like leadership qualities. And so you want to use that and you want to use that for good. Um, but when you, you know, you don't have all the pieces to the puzzle, uh, it, it does, it, it creates a little bit um, of a challenge. And then me learning, you know, who they are and what motivates them. And I've, I've really started to want to take a more individual approach with with the athletes of I, I want to move past motivation I want to move past um what's going to set them on fire for that day I, I, I really want to look more towards inspiration I feel like motivation can sometimes be somewhat fleeting um but if they're truly inspired to be better and be better for themselves and each other and um I think that's where we're camps even though most people moan and groan is kind of changing their outlook on camps of like hey this is this is the next generation of of athletes and and you guys get to be an impact on them they look up to you um so please act accordingly um but that they're inspiring these young athletes um how do i inspire them how do they inspire each other um what's going to get them out of bed that that morning um, or some of them in the afternoon, but um, that's where the, the the summer has been more challenging um, because just of the whole team dynamic with all of the different things that are happening, um, and then coaches in and out with recruiting, um, and so they're not they're not there all the time. Uh, so it really is the strength coach taking the athletes that they have in front of them. Um, and making the most, making being present with them and making the most out of it. So kind of running down that rabbit hole of motivation versus inspiration. What really drew you to that? And now what changes have you made with how you address, act, anything? Like, I mean, that could come down to even like the pictures on the walls, you know, like that, right. that could be a, a lot of changes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, changes has been more like, again, really getting to know my athletes even further. And really, like you are trying to, especially with transfers and freshmen, you are trying to expedite a pretty intimate relationship um, because we're in charge of their bodies. And in turn, we're in charge of their careers and their life beyond basketball um, in terms of, you know, their, their physical. Um, And I, you know, I straight up ask them, like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? We're, we're on the last set of a set to failure. What's going to get you through? What's going to tip you over the edge to make sure that you get not one, but two or three extra repetitions? Like, what are those key things for you? Um, we know that this generation music is super important and it is motivating, but what type of music really inspires them? Um, and I've got a couple athletes on the team that, you know, they love to bake or paint or they're, you know, they're very creative. And so diving into that with them of like, what, when you're, when you're setting down to decide what you're going to paint, like in that moment, what inspires you, what usually comes to your mind. Um, and so there's, there's those pieces, but also they, we all know that they really do enjoy the why, um, the why behind it, why we're doing certain things, why I make them start with their foot behind the line. Basketball is decided between the line, you know, whether you got two points, one point, three points. Um, and so always going back to the education pieces as well, but I, it, it is, Mainly for me, it's having those conversations with them. And sometimes they want to talk, sometimes they do not. Um, but you need to make as much impact in the least amount of time with them. Because overall, like four years is the blink of an eye. Um, and so we really, to, to be intentional with them is extremely important and and, and be more athlete facing with them i can dig that i can dig that now you also ran into the unique predicament which is a good thing of having kids leaving to play internationally to come back to go internationally how does that impact programming decision making your thought process when you're when you're evaluating and making decisions both pre and post those um because selfishly, that really interesting to hear this because I got a guy coming back from Euros in a couple of weeks. So, yeah. Well, when they come back, we'll still, I'll still, uh, typically they still practice um, if they come back, you know, not injured or anything like that. But I, I'll do kind of the battery of, of tests just to kind of see where they're at, you know, Nordboard, uh, Force Plate. Um, we'll do some sort of movement screen with them. Um, and that's kind of like the nuts and bolts, the the analysis of them as they come back. But it's also understanding how many games they played, how much did they play. Now, a lot of the times we are able to watch them. Um, and so that helps a lot. I, I can see how much playing time they're getting and how much they are on their feet, uh, how many games that they're playing. What they a lot of the times don't understand is that when you come back from that, you you played like a month of a season <laughs> and so their body went through a lot and so getting them to understand like they want to come back and they want to go full throttle because they're like well we also have our season coming up I'm like yes but how good are you going to be if you continue at this 
pace and at this intensity when we're trying to go, you know, well into March with our season. And so there, there does need to be some time of, of rest and recovery for them. You can still lift, you can still do some conditioning. It's probably going to be non-impact. Um, but, and then making sure that they're still doing any sort of reconditioning or, or recovery um, with me and the athletic trainer. And so it's always having that circle of care around them so that you can make those decisions. But, you know, they typically don't lift when they're, they're playing over there unless they're doing it on their own. So, you know, they still have to go through some sort of a transition period and kind of see where their resiliency is um, within those first couple of days. And, and then you make your decisions based off of, you know, your data, but then also what your, your eye is telling you, um, and what they're telling you, but most of my folks, they just want to continue to, like I said, go full throttle into the next phase. So. Have you found that most of them are then less willing to kind of take the step back and more wanting to just kind of dive in head first and get back into it with the team? Yes, very much. I, I think they also feel like they missed out, right? Um, they're, like I said, we, we probably had consistently about eight to 10 players the entire summer and they were playing, you know, they were playing pickup together. They were hanging out outside. And so they, they want to be around them as much as you can, which is what we, we want, but we also need them to be smart. And now we have, we have the technology to, to back us up. Um, and the, the people that surround them, you know, between sports science, uh, our dietitian, our athletic trainer, myself, and sports like, you know, we meet weekly um, and discuss each and every athlete and kind of where they're at and how we're going to progress them forward. And I'll go through all the catapult data with them. I'll go through the Nord board and the, and the force plate data. Um, are we seeing asymmetries? Are we seeing a loss of, you know, peak power? Those types of things. Um, but then we really need to do, like, we have to explain that to the athlete as as well because they will they want to go they want to go back to playing pickup with them all the time and they want to they want to practice and practice is important we we do want them in practice um where we'll kind of pull back is maybe pieces with me um and then anything additional we'll kind of tweak so that hey you can you can get extra shots up but if you could do it this way instead of you know this more intense way that's going to be ideal. Um, and they respond better to that because they can kind of, you still, they still feel like they're getting to do what they want to do. Um, but you're just kind of monitoring a little bit more closely. And that's, that's not much different than what we do in season um, with like their load management, you know, whatever fancy word we're using these days. Um, but really just making sure that, Hey, you can still do your routine. You can still do what you want to do each day. We might just, tweak it a little bit so that it's better for you in the long run and and then they get to learn how to manage themselves as well you know I I'm not always going to be in their back pocket once they're done with Ohio State now they can always call me but I'm not there every day with them and so they have to learn how to take care of themselves as well especially if they go on uh, playing overseas or in the league Providing education and a menu of options is a pretty powerful way to get people to make better decisions. Right. And it, and they always, everybody's so different. Right. And so with, we're lucky with a team like basketball, we've got, you know, 15, 16 people um, to manage and, and lead. Um, 
and then just making sure that that kind of circle of care always puts them at the the athlete at the center um, so we can make good decisions for them and they are individualized not just a recruiting pitch they are individualized but um, when they understand when they understand the why they you have more um, per- they're more purposeful yeah I think that's a great way to say it when they understand the why they're more purposeful I think that's uh a pretty precise way to to kind of bring it all you know together when it comes to understanding your hiring decisions, understanding your education decisions, understanding your management positions, understanding your programming and how you're teaching the students. I mean, it, it comes all the way back to something you said early on, you know, be purposeful in not just what you're teaching, but what you're learning. I mean, that's that's gold, you know, because when it comes down to it, it, what you're going to teach is what you are learning. Right. So it, it all just comes full circle back and, and all that. You know, Claire, this has been an absolutely great 30 minutes, uh, but I'd be, uh, I got to make sure we get, you know, you out of here with making sure everybody knows, you know, where can they get in touch with you? Where can they see what you're doing? Where can they follow you on all the uh, socials and all that? So we'll make sure we get all that in here. Yeah, I'm, I give people a lot of props that, you know, put out a lot of content on, on social media. Um, to be honest, I'm, I, I don't think I'm disciplined enough to, to do that. So again, shout out to everybody that, that is able to do that for just our profession and, and young coaches. I think it's important. Um, but uh, unfortunately, my social media is probably fairly boring unless you want to see pictures of my kids and dogs. Uh, but it is uh, Claire Quibb, at Claire Quibb. And then, Really, anybody can reach out, um, email one at osu.edu. Awesome. Well, Claire, this is great. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. And uh, listen, just uh, so everybody does understand, we uh, it's not just young people that put content out. You know, some of us gray hairs. Can do it too. Uh, try to pass. You it do out. a phenomenal job. You I do don't know phenomenal. about that. I, if people read the stuff, it's mostly just like me making fun of myself. Um, but uh, <laughs> just try to have fun with it, and it's it's a good time. But listen, it, the one argument I do have is if anyone listening to this has a problem with pictures of people putting you know content up about their dogs, please unsubscribe uh, because. <laughs> Dog content is always the best content. But now, Claire, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. This was great. Thank you. Coach, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it and a lot of value in what you do. So thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And as always, thank you for everything you all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We'll see you then.